This is episode 81, Using Breathwork to Restore the Body. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. As a health professional and a mom, I fully understand the importance of having a fun, simple, and sustainable plan for achieving a responsive thyroid. So I share actionable and practical strategies for developing a responsive thyroid so that the ambitious moms and women can gain freedom from fatigue and lose the thyroid weight once and for all. Each week, I will be here for you. Along with my guest experts, we will be sharing simple and tangible tips that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. I have Tony Winyard on the call and on the podcast with me today. I'm super excited to be talking about breathwork and using this to help manage stress because with our thyroid, we deal with a lot of stress, overwhelm, uh, frustration. I find that a lot of our clients also don't take deep breaths and breathe very well. So this will be a really impactful um, episode for you guys. So welcome, Tony. How you doing, Shannon? Doing well. So give everybody a little bit of background as to what what you do and kind of how you got to where you are now. Well, so what I do now is I'm I'm a health coach. And I've done some sort of specialist, I guess, studies over the last few years in breath work, in, in habit formation, like behavior science, and also nutrition. And I've kind of brought all that together. But my background is completely different. I was a, I was a DJ for many years, uh, working all around the world in, in clubs and, and on the radio as well. So it's very different to what I do now. How did you get started in doing breath work? Um, so the, the, I got started in it because I've got a history of, of asthma and I suffered from asthma as a child. And when I started to, to DJ in many other countries and I was working abroad for a long time, for about 12 years, I was living abroad. And it didn't occur to me at the time. I didn't suffer from asthma once in, in any of those countries. And then when I returned to England, the asthma came back and I was curious as to how come I didn't have it all that time in, in different climates? And then when I've come back to England, it's come back again. And my whole life, all that doctors ever did was just simply prescribe me inhalers and steroids and stuff to manage the asthma. And one day about, oh, wow, I guess it was seven, eight, nine years ago, I found out about, it was a Facebook post. A friend of mine posted something on Facebook about something called Buteyko who was a Russian doctor who did develop this method of breathing practice that you could follow that would kind of, um, you know, it would resolve your asthma symptoms. So you didn't need to use an inhaler. And I became really curious as to this because I'd never heard anything like this before. And at first mm. it sounded really strange. And so the more I looked into it, it and I found that it worked 
And then I went and actually studied with the guy, there's a guy called Patrick McEwen, who had studied with this Dr. Bateko in Russia. He brought it to the West and I went and did a, a workshop with him. I was impressed with it so much because it just completely solved my asthma. You know, I didn't have any asthma symptoms anymore. And then it also solved my um, hay fever as well. And I became a, an instructor in it. And now I help with many other people to, to get relief from asthma and hay fever. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the hay fever. Would that, was that seasonal for you? Was that kind of something that would come up all the time? For me, it was more seasonal. Yeah. I used to mostly get it in like spring, early summer. Okay. And was that also being managed by steroids and things? I most of the time I I didn't I don't really I've never liked taking medication. Whenever possible, I try not to take medication. So at times I would be taking kind of antihistamine and stuff, but I didn't enjoy doing that. So I tried not to take medication and just suffered. Um, but since discovering this, then I just simply by doing some breathing practices, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think this is really interesting because what I've been taught as a practitioner is that um, hay fever, seasonal allergies, that kind of thing is associated with gut health. So, Mm. and you've been using breath work to help with that. And so this is kind of like an interesting um, thing for me personally to learn, (laughs) to learn about. So let's kind of dive into breath work. What is it? How do you use it? All of that. So to breath work essentially, well, so the oxygen advantage, which is what I'm I'm trained in it, you could say it's got two pillars. So the first pillar is all about functional breathing. And the majority of people are actually dysfunctional breathers and they're not breathing as efficiently as they could be. And then the second pillar is more performance breathing. So this is athletes, uh, very high competitive athletes, really. So the performance, uh, sorry, the functional breathing, which is where I help people with various sort of chronic issues and not just simply respiratory related issues. It's not just people with asthma and COPD and whatever, but it's also other people who are just short of breath or maybe because they're aging or various other things. And it's just about helping people to breathe more efficiently. I mean, you mentioned before about taking a deep breath. There's actually a big difference between taking a big breath and a deep breath. And often when I I say to people, well, what is the difference between a deep breath and a big breath? And people kind of look at me much as you're looking at me now. (laughs) What What is the difference? Well, and I'm thinking about the stomach expanding to fill up the lungs, but I don't know how you would categorize that. So a, a big breath is simply just taking in as much air as you can. And typically people just try to expand the chest. Yeah. But a deep breath is trying to really go down and take the breath down into your abdomen, down into your kind of belly button area. And even if you can feel it in your back and your side. So when you take a proper deep breath, your ribs expand out to the side. It's not just simply your stomach expanding, but your ribs are even expanding. And that's a okay. proper deep breath. And that the problem, one of the things is about our, our main breathing muscles are our diaphragm 
which is you know just around a sort of belly button area that muscle that big big muscle we have there but also the intercostal muscles which are in our in our ribs and most people never work those muscles they're two muscles which very rarely get worked because a lot of people breathe very shallow just into their upper chest which means they never often use their diaphragm or their intercostals but they're very important muscles so when we learn to breathe effectively we those muscles get worked more but more importantly it means by breathing deeper it means we get a better gas exchange so we get more oxygen going into our cells so that means more energy Okay, so I had all of these thoughts running through my head. I was thinking about women. And when I took a deep breath listening to you, (laughs) I was like, my belly is bigger, right? Us as women, we want the thin shaped waist. And by breathing deep, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you know, I would love to hear your opinions on this or thoughts or experiences women don't want to breathe deep because they don't want to look bigger, wider than they are, you know? Um, have you had any experience with that? Have people said any of that to you? No, breathing deep, that is not, it doesn't mean breathe deep and big. So it doesn't mean breathe deep and expand your belly as far as you can. And it, that that's not what it means at all. So okay. it means to, taking a deep breath into the diaphragm, but it doesn't mean expanding the belly necessarily. And in fact, it's quite the opposite because when we you really get into it and we, we, ha- we won't have time to go into this properly, but sure. when you really breathe effectively, you're actually taking in a smaller volume of air as you can, but you're also taking it deep. So mm-hmm. right, typically people breathe too much and that may sound bizarre. How can you breathe too much? <laughs> Because most people think, well, we need to get as much oxygen in as we can. And so I need to breathe more. But there's there's a fine balance between carbon dioxide and oxygen. And when we exhale too much, we typically exhale too much carbon dioxide. And that upsets the balance. And if we have not enough carbon dioxide, then it means we don't get enough oxygen actually going into our, our cells. And so we don't have as much energy, which sounds it's very paradoxical. This is so mind-blowing to me and interesting (laughs) because I feel like what I've been taught with breath work is you want to breathe in deep Mm. and then you want to breathe completely exhale. Yeah. And many yoga instructors and it are, how do I say this without being, without upsetting people, many yoga instructors haven't been taught properly about breath if if you actually explore pranayama like from ancient yogic origins and the way they teach you to breathe is very different to how many current yoga instructors tell you how to breathe because they haven't properly studied breathing they've just done some yoga training but they haven't properly done haven't studied pranayama which is how you're supposed to breathe in yoga and pranayama and what i teach the austin advantage is all aligned as far as the sort of science is, is concerned. Interesting. Okay. So you've talked about breathing in the context of more energy. Mm. How can someone use their breath work to provide extra energy to them if they're having maybe a midday crash or they're finding that they're waking up feeling tired? Um, 
well, actually, I feel like there's a couple questions here. So I'm going to stop there and then I'll ask my second question. Well, so one question you said there, but if someone's feeling stressed, there's something known as the physiological sigh is the most effective me method to reduce stress. And it also because it reduces the heart rate. And the way to do the physiological sigh is you take a breath in through your nose. So you take a normal breath in through your nose. And then almost as you finish that breath in, you take a second breath at the same time. So it kind of goes like this. They go. And then after you've taken that second breath, then you take a long exhale through your mouth. So it goes like this. So, And the exhale is much longer than the inhale. And that is the fastest way to reduce stress, to reduce your heart rate. And if you do that a couple of times, most people find that they de-stress very quickly. Interesting. So would you use that for like an acute stressor or a long-term kind of chronic stress? Like if, let's say, so acute meaning you're driving down the road, somebody almost hits your car and you're like, ah, you know. <laughs> perfect, perfect situation for acute stress, like, like what you just described, yeah. Yeah. And then chronic stress, meaning my kids are in the hospital, they're really sick, we don't know if they're going to make it. Would that but even that in that situation, it, okay. it still works there, but it can also work. You, I mean, I just showed you how to do that one time, but you can also do that more than once. So what some people do, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and many people have trouble getting back to sleep, a great way of getting back to sleep is just repeating that maybe five, 10 times. And that calms you down so much, reduces the heart rate. Many people are able to fall back to sleep just by doing that for, say, 10 times not just simply going back to sleep. Some people use it to get to sleep in the first place, but it's very effective for getting back to sleep if you've wake, woken up in the middle of the night. I love that. Well, and that was going to be the next question I asked you is how do you use breath work to improve your sleep? Because a lot of the women that I, I work with, they have a hard time falling asleep. They wake up multiple times in the middle of the night. They wake up feeling tired, dragging, you know, not like themselves. So yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a great method for those kind of situations that you just described. Yeah, yeah. So why is sleep one of the number one priorities that we should be focusing on in our life? Because it's so important to everything that we do. Like it's important. It helps nutrition. It it helps us with reducing stress. It helps if we do any kind of movement, any kind of exercise. If you haven't slept properly, you're not going to be able to perform as well. So anything health related is fundamental. Sleep is so fundamental to everything else that's health related. And in, in the studies that I've done over the last few years, once I realized just how important sleep was, I may I prioritized it in my life. And since then, I, and so I've got like a, a wind down routine and there's many other things that I do. And my sleep now is is so good. And it's I just I wake up with so much energy. Every day I wake up in a good mood. I never feel down. I'm always full of energy. And I think a lot of that is because I because I've made sleep such a priority. Yeah. And and I did too. <laughs> this is embarrassing to admit, but several years ago I was sleeping four or five, maybe six hours a night. Mm. And I found that simple tasks were just taking me so much longer to get through when I was just kind of dragging through the day. And 
you know, similar to you as I made sleep more of that priority for me and developed, you know, my own wind down method with gratitude and, you know, just some relaxation and meditation, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And my sleep changed. And I, now that I'm thinking back, I'm like, I, because of the meditation, I think I was also probably breathing a little bit different, not consciously. (laughs) And then I did start finding that my energy felt better hormones started balancing, you know, I was a happier mom, all of those fun things. Um, but you did talk about using a different method for like sports related or movement related breathing. Mm. So tell us a little bit about how that differs and some ideas for that. So the second, the second pillar of the oxygen advantage, which is performance related. So this is more about it's deliberately stressing our breathing muscles. So our diaphragm and our um, intercostal muscles. And so the way this is done is by a series of breath holding, you're holding your breath for a certain amount of time. So there's something known as the BOLT, which is your body oxygen level test, your BOLT. And the way to find out your BOLT score is to just take a, a stopwatch that most people have on their phone and What we're trying to ascertain is not how long can you hold your breath. We want to see how long it takes before you get your first physical sign that you need to breathe. So what what maybe you want to follow along here. So if you get a stopwatch and what I want you to do is is to take a small breath in through your nose and then you take a small breath out through your nose. And as you breathe out, you start the stopwatch and then you just keep on holding your breath until you get your first physical sign to breathe. And normally the first physical sign you'll feel in your diaphragm or maybe in your chest or maybe even in your throat. As mm-hmm. soon as you feel you need to breathe, you stop the stopwatch. And we want to see what that score is. For most people, it will be under 20. For people who have a score over 20, that's a sign of very good physical fitness. Most people are what is termed as dysfunctional breathers by being under 20 it's actually dysfunctional and most people will be around 10 or 12 or even even lower than 10 sometimes but by whatever the score is then by doing regular breath holds so you would do something along the lines of it could be if you go for a walk you just simply you hold your nose you take a breath in and then you as you breathe out you you hold your nose and you hold it for maybe five steps five paces as you walk and then you breathe normally for a minute and then you repeat and then you breathe normally and you do this, repeat this maybe six, six times. And at first that might be quite difficult for some people mm. for other, it depended on the level of fitness for some people that'd be very easy, but the idea is to gradually increase that. So if you do start at say five, five, five paces, maybe you after a week or so you increase that to six and then you increase it to eight and, and so on. Or another way you can do it is rather than when you're walking or running, you could just do it sitting in front of a TV or whatever, or as in, as part of a meditation process where you just simply hold your breath for maybe six seconds. Mm. And, and then you repeat that five times and you have like a, a, a one minute break between each of those times. And then after a few weeks, you increase that to seven or eight seconds and, and so on. And by, doing this you're putting a little bit of stress on your breathing muscles and you'll find your bolt score if it started at say 15 
in a few weeks that will increase to maybe 18 and your breathing will be much easier much lighter you won't hear your breath so much which is always a sign of great like functional breathing much better fitness levels really this is really interesting so as let's say an athlete whether they ride so i cycle i have a peloton i ride um if if they were cycling or doing yoga or whatever, would they find that their performance is better? Maybe they're riding faster or their endurance is longer. Like what would they be able to expect from that? The endurance would certainly improve. So if, for example, they would get out of breath now, say they go for a long, a physical bike, or quite a hard bike ride. And after 10 minutes, maybe they find they're working so hard that they're having to breathe in through their mouth that's not a good sign you ideally you want to always try to breathe through your nose when you can by improving by doing these breath holds they'll probably find that whereas now maybe that's happening after 10 minutes they'll find actually now it's not happening until 14 minutes and it's not happening until 18 and 20 and 20 and it just improves your aerobic performance so you don't need you're able to breathe far longer aerobically which means just breathing through your nose not breathing through your mouth this is so cool. I am loving all of this. <laughs> um, what are, for someone who is just getting started with breath work, what would be some techniques or strategies that you would recommend that they start with? Would you recommend they start with the bolt test to kind of get a baseline to see where they're at and then start to um, exercise their lungs in terms of being able to hold their breath? Like what, what would you recommend? Yeah, I think the bolt test is probably a good place to start. And and it's I would imagine there's probably some people listening who didn't quite catch what I said. So what maybe a good thing that they can do is just simply go onto YouTube, type in the bolt score or type in the oxygen advantage. There's lots of videos. There'll be many videos from the creator of this method, a guy called Patrick McEwen, explaining, showing this, you know, demonstrating exactly how to do this. Um, that that is probably a good way for many people to start if they're looking at performance breathing okay. if someone has more dysfunctional breathing if they get out of breath quite quickly even just from maybe from standing up from a chair they get out of breath mm-hmm. they oxygen advantage will also help them but we're not looking at the, the performance aspect we're looking more at the functional breathing aspect of of the oxygen advantage okay so for that functional breathing, maybe speak into that a little bit. How would you get started with, with that part? So that it really depends on what level someone is at and how. So if someone score, so for example, I, I have different exercises that I do for people whose score is under five, people whose score is between five and 10, people who's between 10 and 15, between 15, and 20, I have different exercises depending on what level. So I don't really want to say one exercise because everyone's going to be very different, but you can, again, you can just look on YouTube or on Google for the oxygen advantage or even the Buteco method, or, you know, going to my website and working with me or working with an oxygen advantage instructor. And by finding out what level someone is at, then giving appropriate exercises for that level, really. Yeah. So do you have a quiz online? I do. Yeah, there's a take? Quiz. Okay. Yeah. There's tell us about that. Yeah. There's a quiz on my website, which is not just aimed at 
the breathing because I'm also a habits coach. So I'm a, I'm a tiny habits coach. Anyone who's familiar with the book, Tiny Habits, I'm a, I'm a tiny habits coach. And the reason for that, because I realized I had great knowledge around breathing and nutrition and sleep, but having good knowledge doesn't necessarily mean you can help someone implement that knowledge. Yeah. And by, yeah. by taking the tiny habits course and helping understanding behavior science, it helped me to actually help people to create habits around breathing and sleep and nutrition. And so I was far, it was far easier for me to actually help people to use the knowledge and make, you know, and implement it in their lives. So the quiz is all about establishing how good are your habits? What is your breathing like? How is your nutrition? How is your sleep? So it's around these different areas. Perfect. Well, and I love that you talk about how all of this is kind of interconnected, right? The breath work goes with nutrition and sleep and movement and, you know, all of those different things. Um, before we wrap this up, Tony, um, what is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? And then we'll let them know how they can connect with you and work with you if they decide or take your quiz or all of those fun things. I think the one thing is because I sort of I've got qualifications in many different areas. Well, I think the thing that I've realized the most over the last few years is every specialist in different areas will always tell you that what they do is the most aspect of health. So a sleep specialist will tell you sleep is the most important thing. People in breathwork tell you breathwork is the most important thing. People in fitness or nutrition. And what I've realized is it's not any one of them, it's all of them together. They're all so important. And just focusing on one and neglecting others is often a, quite a big mistake. I would have to agree. I think really addressing everything from that mind, body, spirit connection is mm. really where people have the best changes and find the the homeostasis and the the life happiness and contentment in those areas so i i fully agree with that so where can people find you connect with you so my well my website is tonywinyard.com and winyard so if i have a race i win by a yard that's how you can remember winyard um and my and on the the front page of that site you'll see the link to the quiz um, and then I'm on social media under Tony Winyard and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and so on as well. Perfect. And we will have all of those linked up for you guys in the show notes. Um, so you guys can go check those out. Thank you, Tony, so much for being on. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm going to have to go do the bolt test and check out the oxygen advantage. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, how could this help me for <laughs> having a baby? You know, I'm going to have to be really mindful in there's my actually, breathing. <laughs> there's actually um, a great book called The Breathing Cure, which is the, by the same author, Patrick McCure, and the same author as The Oxygen Advantage. And it's the sex section in here about women in pregnancy and, and how to breathe around, around all of that as well. Okay, well, I might have to pick up that book. I mean, I have a very short time before, before this baby is supposed to come, but maybe I can gather some information, but thank you for sharing that. And we will see you guys on the next. Lovely. Thank you, Shannon. Wait before you go. Please subscribe. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews. Pretty please.